Now, those of you who have been with us the last two broadcasts know that we have been talking about the subject of fear. And, of course, we have not been trying to say that fear is wrong. Every emotion we have noted that God has given to us he is given for a good purpose, but every emotion may be distorted. Fear can keep us from dangers and difficulties, but it also can become a very great detriment when we allow it to control us rather than allow it to be a signal for taking control of our lives and living them according to the Word of God. So we're talking about those unnatural fears, those fears that become sinful, that keep us from doing the things that God wants us to do in our lives the way he tells us to do them. And last time we began to zero in on the third chapter of 1 Peter, looking at verses 13 and 14, where Peter talks about the question of fear. <clears throat> in those verses he says, Who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed, and do not fear their intimidation, and do not be troubled. So Peter is talking to a persecuted people who are suffering many things and who were tending to become cold about their Christian faith because of their fear of men. Indeed, in this very chapter, as we saw last time, he was talking most specifically to the wives of unsaved husbands who might have many things to fear of them. And these words apply very directly to them as well as to any other suffering from the persecution of the unsaved around them. Now, we don't suffer much direct persecution today. We don't suffer much in the way of being thrown in prisons or uh, having our lives threatened by unbelievers. That is, in this country, we don't. There are places in the world in which believers are dying every day for their faith. But we here in this country have known a measure of peace in regard to that matter for many years. And yet, sometimes it's the more subtle fears that uh, are more difficult to handle. Uh, if you have to face a firing squad, as difficult as that certainly may be, it may be easier in some respects than to face the ridicule and to face the uh, kind of, uh, of uh, uh, well, you know how you're ostracized down at work or by your friends around the corner, that kind of ostracism that so often can be given to us by those who, with whom we work or by those with whom we must associate day by day. Sometimes that can be even more subtle and more difficult to handle than the direct confrontation in terms of uh, deny your faith or you will die. Well, whichever it is, fear can get in the way. Fear can be that which enables us to, which makes us deny our faith and keeps us from uh, presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ and its clarity. Sometimes it's not a matter of fear uh, of ostracism because we have already felt the persecution, but fear that we will uh, get involved in that persecution, fear that we will in some way be ostracized. And so young people at school fail to witness for Jesus Christ, and uh, people at work and at home fail to witness for Christ because they're afraid that that kind of persecution will come. And of course, uh, in one sense, they know it will come because the Bible says that all who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Now, the question is, what do you do to overcome fear? 
What do you do to handle it when it really comes? How do you somehow or other get the better of fear? Well, you can't do it yourself. Neither can I. The only way that we can do it is to obey the Word of God as we have it here in this passage and elsewhere, and then let God give us the strength as we move out in obedience to the Scriptures, the strength to do the things that must be done. It's obedience to the Word of God, obedience to Jesus Christ, following in his steps and doing as he tells us that will enable us not to fear. Now, in this whole context, you remember in chapter 2, we're following the example of Christ in, feel, in dealing with suffering and persecution. He did not fear. He did not fear the cross. He did not fear the taunts or the jeers or the ostracism of the Pharisees and of the people. He did not fear the Roman rebuff. He went straight to the cross, set his face like flint toward Jerusalem, and then went straight through it all to the cross, to the grave, and finally to the resurrection on the third day. And what was it that made the difference? Well, the one thing that made the difference was that he who went all the way, we read in verse 23 of chapter 2, all the way through that cross to that grave, kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. If we keep entrusting ourselves to God in the midst of difficulty, and we do not revile in return to being reviled, or we do not utter threats to those who cause suffering to us, and we do, as he says in chapter 3, verse 13, prove zealous for what is good, we can withstand the fears of those around us. The thing that makes the difference is how we ourselves act in the situation. You see, nobody else can produce fear in you. Only you produce the fear. Fear is not in the situation. Sometimes we speak about, oh, that's a fearful circumstance or a fearful situation. No, fear isn't there. Fear is in you. Or we say, well, man, I really fear him. Uh, he causes me a lot of fear. He causes me a lot of difficulty. But the, there's no fear, no difficulty at all in, what, uh, uh, in, in the person who is confronting us. The fear is in us. The fear is in you. It's you who fear and you who produce that fear. And so everything depends upon how you handle the situation, how you handle that person, how you handle the suffering that comes your way. Whether you fear or not depends upon you and the thing that makes a difference in you, the thing that gives you the confidence to go through fear, the thing that enables you to stand up under those circumstances of suffering and persecution and difficulty and ostracism is number one, knowing that you have entrusted yourself into the hands of God who always judges righteously. You know that he's going to look on you and you know that he's going to know your motives and your heart and you know that your motives and your heart are clear and clean before him. Secondly, you know that he looks at those who are wronging you and you know that he promises that someday he will turn the tables as it says in 2 Thessalonians 1. He says that he will persecute those who are now persecuting you. You know that he is judging you righteously. You know that even though now you suffer, someday you will be glorified. Even though now, as Christ went through the cross and you go through your suffering, so too your day, as it was his, will come of exaltation on the other side of the suffering. And so you trust yourself into the hands of the one who always judges you and judges others who are persecuting you righteously. You are not being condemned. Now, if you go through the whole situation grudgingly, if you go through the situation saying, 
Oh my, look at what others are who don't believe in Christ, how well off they are. And you start pitying yourself and fretting because of unbelievers. And you start saying, well, why do I have to go through all this when they don't and so on? Then you see that leads to fear. But if you leave it all into the hands of God to give them their just desserts or to convert them, to give you your just desserts and to help you, God will help you. That's the first thing. The second thing is to prove zealous for what is good yourself, to live the way you ought before them, as Jesus Christ did. Instead of fearing, he prayed for those who persecuted him. Instead of spitting back words of nastiness to those who spit literal saliva and words of nastiness toward him, he gave back words of encouragement and health and life and healing to them. Now, how about that Christian wife of an unsaved husband? How about that businessman being ostracized? What about you? Lord, help us not to fear by actively entrusting ourselves into your hands in every situation and instead living as we know we ought before others and before your face. We pray for Christ's sake. Amen.